Hello and welcome to another Woodshop Podcast with Mike Coffey of Coffee Custom Builds, Daniel Dunlap of Daniel Dunlap Woodworks, and Peter Kapar of Petrie's Workshop. You can find us all as well as the podcast on Instagram and YouTube. Welcome to episode 112 of another Woodshop podcast, where this week we're joined by the mad scientist himself, the girth bro, Chris. Oh, wow. <laughs> you got it into the Get show? Bro. Really? Chris Get Gifford, the, the mad scientist that has made a half dog, half cow, half woodworks. Chris is with us. What's up? Chris is with What's us. up, man? Yeah. How I heard you, you run a halfway house for, for hand tools in Florida. You find them all I mean, rusty. You refurbish them, let them all out on the street, and then you bring them back in in two weeks because they're rusty. I mean, we can go with that story, but honestly, I try to avoid refurbishing anything. Oh my god, it's the <laughs> worst! I remember it's the when worst. I first, it's a when I first started getting into like woodworking, I was like, man, I think I really would enjoy that. And then I did. I got a tool to refurbish, and I was like, man, that's really <laughs> that's terrible. a lot of work. Do that again. It's a lot of that vinegar. The worst. <laughs> yeah. I'm buying everything Who owns new. Yeah, I'll buy everything new moving forward. Thanks. No. <laughs> hey, like uh, Pete just said, Chris is with us with Cowdog Craftworks. You can check him out all over the internet, specifically on girthbros.com. But uh, he's, a, he's with us tonight. Yeah, oh, it's an org thing. It's uh, .org. No, we just <laughs> want to get the information out there. It, yeah. It's .gov. <laughs> I'm a government employee. He's an employee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's got a pretty oh, good pension Oh, this will not affect up, your so. raise. Girth Bros. <laughs> 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 No, uh, big thanks to our patrons. You guys are awesome. All 120 of you, you guys are incredible. Thank you for supporting the show. And, is that the actual uh, number? Uh, that's the number that I'm showing on my screen. Wow, that's I'm, I'm just <laughs> I blown thought away. He was, I thought he was making up numbers. I was like, wow. No, it's big thanks to our patrons. So uh, we have no new patrons this week, but you guys are amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, also, this week, we have a pretty new tradition that I'm actually really liking, and it has something to do with... Our song that I can't. There it is. Oh, Black Betty, Ramble Lamb. Sorry, I couldn't find it yeah, at all. Your stalling so voice bad. is my favorite. <laughs> I, was, I love uh, it when you stall for time. That's Dan singing Oh, Black Betty, which means it's our review segment. But our new tradition is that we don't do reviews anymore. So we're not going <laughs> to. We, we're not done doing reviews. No, we're, we're not just, done. We're no, not done. We have a reviews. lot of guests lined up. So. We got a lot of guests lined up. So we're not. Well, we got a whole stockpile of reviews we got to get to. But we're not. We also don't haven't worry. had a review so good where we're like, you know, forget the guest. I, Actually, review. we have like we have like three or four good reviews have, in the review. We have thing. several reviews but, in the way, yeah, but, but they're not like in the so coffers, good that if you will. we're no, like forget Chris. I mean, no, no, no. Chris no, first, Chris, then Chris review. Is top priority right now. If uh, you have he's, five he's a total power reviews, top. is that like priority. a five star review? Is that kind of what we're working with here? <laughs> we Chris, have we don't talk about two hundred and ninety five <laughs> star reviews, but we, it's actually one thousand one star reviews. So it was the greatest <laughs> so. pyramid scheme ever. <laughs> It's the Bernie Madoff of reviews. Is that what you're yeah. saying? I don't really when you're pitching Basically, for sponsors. We, we signed just, up for Cutco Knives, and then every time we sold a knife, we actually just sent him our podcast thing, the review, and yeah, it's pretty good. It's good. Stuff. Five, stars. It's real Five stars. Five stars. No, uh, anyway, Chris is here. We're having a good time. We've made some really appropriate and adult jokes in the uh, pre-show. Oof. No, really good stuff. I, no? Don't miss the pre-show this week. I don't think so. I don't think they were appropriate no. or adult. Okay, well, they were yeah. childish and inappropriate jokes. There we go. <laughs> so uh, it was a really good time. We had, we had fun with Chris in there. But uh, we're, we're in the show now. Chris, like I said, is with Cowdog Craftworks, and he's he's on YouTube. I, and that's probably your primary primary push, right, Chris, is YouTube? Yes, yeah, primarily. Yes. I mean, Although primarily... you are on all the other platforms, right? Yeah, you're on, he's on, you're on TikTok, yeah. Instagram. 
I'm yeah, on, I, yeah, I'm I on mostly Twitter. follow I don't him even, on TikTok. I'm, I follow him on Twitter mainly. I, I don't even know what Twitter's for, but I'm on it. Like <laughs> I know year, that so. if I want to know if Chris has ever ran into Dennis Rodman, I go check Twitter first. That's what I know. So. <laughs> Sorry, was that an actual thing that happened? That was an actual I mean, thing. Last weekend, I ran into Dennis Rodman at the grocery store right down the street from my house. It was the where you buy this thing. Captain Crunch or what was going on? No, he was, he was in the produce section. Of like, course, what? mangoes. Whoa, healthy. Okay. That's, yeah. that's so him. That's so Dennis. I, I didn't I know he had a falling wife. out with Kim Jong. <laughs> I was with my wife and we were walking. I was like, babe, babe, and I like elbowed her a couple times. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Dennis Rodman. And she's like, all right. And my eyes are crap anyway. I can't see anything. So we walked a lot closer. I'm like, oh, that's definitely Dennis Rodman. And he's also wearing a picture of Dennis Rodman on his shirt. <laughs> of like, course he did. You know, if you're was, famous, that's the way to own it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wear and, coffee custom build shirts, but not with my picture. I guess it technically has my beard. I mean, I mean. That's that a full match. You never yes. go full match Cremona. I'm just going to start wearing <laughs> a shirt with my face on the front. <laughs> Mac, Does, Mac Cremona is the Dennis Rodman of woodworking. Apparently. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Which, minus the height. Sense. Minus the height. He's lacking a little height. And he's definitely not a girth bro. That's what I heard. Anyway, I mean, but, uh, yeah. he is when it comes to flat or cutting slabs. Like 30, what is it, 36 inches? I mean, listen, he probably whips it around like a garden hose. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. So. <laughs> He's got all that property now. Hangs dong. What is going uh, on? I don't what like is this happening? This is a really bad episode. <laughs> no, no, uh, no, uh, listen to the no. pre-show. It all makes sense. Yeah, it all jives after a while. Uh, no, but anyway, Chris is here. We're having a good time. We're, uh, you know, we kind of could jump into some questions, but I kind of want to do what's on our bench so we can kind of get Yeah, we should probably do that. That's what's how on we Chris's do the bench? Yeah, let's do let's do okay. That was extraordinarily passive aggressive. Uh, <laughs> no, let's let's do the uh, what's on our bench segment, and that always starts with this. What's on my bench? It's of course Daniel singing. That's the only thing Dan does. He comes in here, sings jingles, uh, tells us about things, events that happened a decade ago, but just hit Nebraska right now. When I was your so. age, <laughs> I told you, Chris, I'm the, the talent. Talent. Uh, speaking of obviously. talent, obviously, obviously, Dan. What happened this week for you? Speaking of talent, let me go first. Uh, <laughs> this week, Dan was not ready. Big news! I just I just learned about this uh, uh, a couple seconds ago before we started the show. I didn't learn about it. I just shared it, and I was like, "Hey, I should probably <laughs> bring this up in the show." <laughs> I just learned about it myself. Uh, no, but I just learned uh, about this major life decision I made. <laughs> uh, my wife doesn't listen to this, so it's safe. It's safe to say this out loud. Oh, I shot. Oh, she doesn't know. I shot my last wedding probably ever last weekend, and I'm super excited. Ever about it. this season? Wow. I don't have any more weddings on the book. Books? I have more than one book. It's just a book. It's <laughs> one book. Dan, it just says so you know, weddings. In the, in the show notes, I'm putting I'm putting in Dan shot his last wedding ever in quotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, money talks, bullcrap walks, blah blah blah. <laughs> Uh, for the right dollar amount, I might come out of retirement. You know, I'll take pictures of anything for the right amount of money. Yeah, twenty dollars, twenty dollars, right? Out of retirement. <laughs> but uh, you know what? After uh, some rough math, I think I've done about three hundred and fifty weddings. So after about three hundred and fifty, I'm pretty much that's two hundred or three hundred and forty-eight more than I've done, and it's pretty terrible. I mean, That's it's 15 it's less than an entire I year. get it, Mike. There's a joke in there. <laughs> it's a divorce joke. 
He's been married more than once. I get it. All right. Uh, oh, and we're laughing. We're laughing. Yeah. So that's all. That's a lot of weddings. I've been to a lot of weddings. It's crazy. Um. So I, I only I'm, identify you as a wedding photographer. So I don't really know what else to associate you as now. Uh, yeah. I'm thinking about so getting into change? woodworking. <laughs> I've, I've been toying with it. You know, just kind of throwing it around. So wait, is the Daniel Dunlap Experience dot net gonna pivot to fully woodworking? Actually, I let that URL go. I don't own that anymore. The DanielDunlapExperience.com is and it's gonna link to Peachy's Workshop. Oh my god! I don't have it anymore. I still, I still own, mind you, awppodcast.com. That's still mine. <laughs> That's the best <laughs> URL. That's Another Woodshop podcast, podcast.com. That's mine. I own it. You, you could probably sell that. There is that company, AWP, that makes like bags. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. We're, we're in talks. We're, we're in talks. When they dis- yeah, when they decide to start a podcast, you just got to drop yeah. that. Here's like, the thing. Ironically, Brenda. we have never, like, I don't think any one of us have reached out in regards to that brand. No, the only... The we only, talked to Brenda, but like, the only time we've had any sort of like interaction with that company is when we got that bag from uh, Firm Grip at WorkbenchCon. <laughs> I think yeah. that's it. AWP bag. Yeah. It, yeah, it's yeah. a no-brainer of a branding situation. It really so. Daniel Dunlap Experience.com is available for one penny. <laughs> Jump on that. Um, aside aside from all that photography mumbo jumbo. Uh, Oof, ow, I just hit my hand on the desk. That hurt. Um, it's been a standard week. Uh, a lot of Etsy orders. Uh, I actually started working on the door jam for the giant white oak door that I have in my shop. Woke. Yeah, you're so woke, bro. <laughs> the woke door, if you know what I mean. Um, Please explain that, because that's actually a brilliant no, joke. No, it's no. better if you don't. No. Uh, <laughs> no. Actually, if you need that woke joke explained to you about white oak i don't want to have that joke explained to you but what about yeah. the joke joke i no, that was okay no nope, we're not going there japanese oak see you ruined Boo! it yeah. <laughs> going to i'm buying your website for 11 dollars. go for it bro okay. go for it gift bro um girth bro i screwed that up um what was I saying? Oh yeah, we're getting. I, I started on the. I started on the white oak uh, door jam, but I had to special order the aluminum uh, threshold at the bottom because it's so large. Menards That's didn't where carry it. Usually, are. <laughs> <laughs> all they had was thirty six inches, and I need I need like fifty inches. Thirty six. Menards wasn't carrying it. It's weird. Shocker. I had to special order it, so that's what I Where'd did you get today. It from? Menards. I mean, you could special order oh. through Menards. Oh, <laughs> I see. Of course. They just didn't have it in store, Mike. Uh, so I, I, I special ordered it. Oh, they still offered it, it though. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you can get 72-inch thresholds. You know what I'm saying? There's a joke in there somewhere. Um, so, yeah. Other than that, my, my week hasn't been super exciting. Um, but we have Chris on. And I'm gonna bypass you two yahoos, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it to Chris. <clears throat> I want to hear what what's up with him. And Chris, feel Same. feel free to give us more than a week because obviously you're not on here weekly. Yeah, <laughs> except when people confuse big. you. With Tell us about your whole life, Chris, from Let's start to the finish. Last, you know what? Four months. Oh gosh. So I mean, well, first off, I'm I'm not Bao Loy. I'm not uh, Alex Fang. So <laughs> let's get that off the table really quick. What an awkward um, booking. 
<laughs> not not 3D DIY Dave either. Um, I'm firing the agent. <laughs> um, but yeah, like so. Right now, what am I working on? Good God! So I've got a sofa table commission. I don't really typically do commissions, but I sort of stumbled across this client probably I'd say like end of last year sometime, and she is like just really accommodating and is very into my creative i guess energy and like you know design and all that so she's just like hey is it that gal on social media no it is not but interestingly uh gaily is who you're probably thinking. that's right yeah, alex yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> um i did a cedar gate for her probably yes um, that's right last that's right. year um but it is so i got this client actually through her in a way basically like she's a friend of a friend kind of thing through her and so I did the um, that miter dovetail jewelry box last year. Um, that was for a Christmas gift for like a friend of <laughs> that hers. That turned out gorgeous. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was really. Uh, I'm just saying yeah. random words. I didn't look at it. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> that was I mean, wood. <laughs> yeah, that was wood. It was it sure did, buddy. It was a brown wood. I heard. Um, mm. But anyhow, <laughs> dark. Very nice. Yeah, the the dark brown. Um, so I'm doing a sofa table right now for her. And I mean, the concept is there's a sofa and her kids like to eat dinner and watch TV. And she doesn't want them in front of the sofa, like on a coffee table. She <clears> wants <throat> them kind of like behind. So it's a 13 mm. inch uh, wide table. It's the exact height of the sofa. And then they'll be able to sort of post up over there. What's like cool about it? It's deep yeah, or like a bar wide. Be- bar behind the sofa, sofa bar. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah it's that's really the that's concept cool. of it. Um, yeah. And like, there's a couple cool things going on here. So it's actually made uh, from black limba, and my buddy PJ, who lives down the road from me, like super good friend of mine. Uh, if you've been to Workbenchcom, not this past year, but previously, he's you know usually my partner in crime there. Um, but anyhow, so PJ is a sawyer down here in Fort Lauderdale and he uh, got this tree from Hurricane Irma. So it's actually the champion black limba tree. And what that means is at the time that it fell, it was the largest black limba tree in the state. Like oh, it was this oh, monster. Girth? Yeah. Uh, oh, it's very he... girth. <laughs> I'm like super into like milling and sawyer. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know PJ did that. Yeah. So he's got a, he's got a Lucas mill. Yeah. What? Oh, nice. How big is his? Yeah. yeah. Is it like a uh, 60 inch or something like that? Like, uh, yes, it doesn't matter. Anyway, I, I think it is because I want to say that he said that he can um, slab fifty-five inch wide. Yeah, that, uh, that's the sixty-inch one. Those things so, are big. Yeah, damn. So he got the biggest black limba in Florida. That's got to be a gold. I mean, other than that being super sick, that's got to be a gold mine for him. <laughs> that's probably a lot of money out of that tree. I want to say that he. Oh gosh, I can't quite remember. So he did a table for Alex Rodriguez actually. Like, um, oh, okay, not I've heard of that him. long ago. Does he play tennis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's a great tennis player yeah yeah okay. the, those tennis players love this the steroids um so <laughs> anyhow like alex rodriguez is like kind of getting into real estate that was like his new thing so he has like a whole real estate agency and stuff and i don't i don't remember if they ended up going with the black limbo or he ended up like getting guanacaste but i i want to say that he ended up <clears> using <throat> the black limbo it was a whole thing where like JLo was like the one who was originally like doing all the design like work and like sort of approving all the uh, design stuff. And then obviously they had their little spat. So right. um, he ended up not using JLo uh, for all the design work. <laughs> 
So anyhow, long story short, I've got that going. And um, because of who <laughs> I am as a joinery masochist, um, I'm trying to find ways to make it more complicated and then also increase my rate of failure, potentially. Right, right. Um, so like the idea that I have, it's not going to be like a waterfall kind of situation, but there will be a miter at the corner where it's being jointed. And it's actually going to be a ship miter, which is kind of like a tenoned miter, essentially. So there's going to be like mm. a through tenon that's like sort of cut into the 45-degree miter, and that'll Interesting. be showing. So the yeah. tenon will protrude out of the miter, like vertically, but there'll be a 45-degree miter. Um, I... Kind of. I mean, Sorry. it's all confusing because obviously this is very audio-only format. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, fine, video. it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Well, the video is still <laughs> offered if people yeah. are watching on YouTube. And then also because the components aren't all going to be the same thickness, the top is going to be a lot thinner than the actual mm. like legs, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be like a shouldered miter as well. I got so, you. yeah, I'm doing a lot of really annoying things that are, you know, <laughs> all done by hand primarily, and it's going to be very frustrating. But shouldered I mean, miters for a top are so, I mean, it's so strong. I mean, you can carry so much weight across the top of that thing when you do a shouldered miter, too. I mean, I don't know, because you get all that weight resting on basically a flat surface. You still have the, the look of the miter, but you have that shoulder to, for it all to rest on. I don't know. Just, I think I <laughs> yeah. like that joint a lot. I think it looks really good for a tabletop when you're doing like a continuous grain look like that. I think it looks really good. Yeah, it should be pretty sweet. I'm kind of excited about it. I'm definitely excited for the challenge. I mean, that's my whole deal. Yeah, that's going to be really, tough. You know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that there's that. And then uh, shameless plug here, but I am also the Do director it. of Jonathan Katz-Moses's uh, charity. So the... Cass oh. Moses uh, Woodworkers with Disabilities Fund. And in a couple of weeks, we've got like a whole initiative that's launching. So been kind of trying to finalize a bunch of stuff with that. And I mean, I don't have a lot of time in the days. <laughs> you know, I'm a yeah. full-time attorney by day. So I, I'm very tired, uh, basically. And the Wait a minute. I thought you the... were a road worker or something. A road worker? <laughs> yeah, you said oh. you worked for the worked... government. I just assumed you were for the government. holding the signs <laughs> yeah. on a road Road worker? Slow. He's a crossing guard yeah yeah, yeah. I'm so a, it's kind of what i pictured something like that i'm a sign spinner like you know yeah yeah, for the government. <laughs> yeah. Like, you got a big eat it, eat it dave's deli <laughs> i just you know I, I pictured Chris <laughs> out on the side of the road with a sign that said slow like jeez wow, yeah. or, no? or casey's <laughs> that's just a personal description of my woodworking really is what that is yeah. <laughs> also you that's, you're a hand tool woodworker no, I'm just a slow word worker, really. I oh, mean, I do uh, use same thing. plenty of power tools. I'm just, uh, I'm slow. Is, That's really what it is. Is there a lot of burning on his like an, <laughs> Is there anything you want to announce about the uh, woodworkers with disabilities? Anything you can talk about? You want to announce that would be interesting to people listening? Um, so actually, I mean, it's not like a huge announcement necessarily, but so Katz has had this charity sort of cooking in the hopper for a couple of years, and he's been mm -hmm. trying to figure out exactly what to do with it, and for the most part. He's been running it out of his DMs and his email, which, as you can imagine, probably with his audience and everything, is sort of maddening, <laughs> like just dealing with everything on a one on one kind of basis. So mm -hmm. we wanted to get like an actual program together, you know, something to go on. So the idea is we're going to have three uh, projects that are sort of geared towards people that have limitations, like whether it's work holding. Well, work holding is really the primary initiative that we've sort of identified here or the primary problem, I should say, because obviously if you were a, you know, disabled or limited person, like 
it's going to be a little tough to say clamp things or lift things or flip things. I mean, in, in the shop, like it's a lot of stuff that we generally take for granted. Um, but for people that have limitations, obviously that's something that's right. a, an issue, right? Yep. So anyhow, we're going to be essentially releasing these three sets of plans. Uh, one, uh, Katz was actually posting about it today. It's a gantry crane with a block and tackle, um, to be able to lift items in the shop, flip stuff. Um, I've got a uh, low, like, workhorse sort of saw station kind of thing. It's like a seated application <clears> with, like, hold fast, saw bench, that sort of deal. And then a uh, quick release, like, vice, like, sort of like a moxin workstation sort of thing with uh, a quick release so that it can be operated one-handed. And the idea that's kind of neat is we're going to be uh, essentially having applicants. So people that want these products will essentially on the website, apply, you know, we'll vet them accordingly. And then builders, people in the community that want to help, which is kind of the biggest thing, like Katz says, he's always getting these emails, people that are like, what can I do to help? Right? Like, how can I give back? And I mean, we all know, like, we're part of this woodworking community. Everybody is really generous. You know, everybody seems to be like a giver. I know Dunlap is one of the biggest givers I've ever met. Like he's 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 never a taker. He's a power giver. Yeah, power like, yeah, power, give power bro. They call him yeah. give bro. Give bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, anyhow, like the idea is to link up people that want to build this stuff that they can then, you know, deliver to somebody who wants to receive it. And then as the charity will be like executing tax deductible receipts to the people that are building it. So what website yeah. are you speaking of? So Pete can sh- share that in the show notes. It is camtools.com, I believe, is the actual website. I should probably know this off the top of my head a lot better. And then the charity is linked in the website under a weird tab. I've told cats about this a couple times. It's under special um, offers. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) It might be. Um, I want to say, and I'm pulling it up right now, it is under the about tab. There is Is a whole list. Is it camtools? KM. Cats Moses Tools. KM. Kilo Mike Tools. Got it. Yeah, and then there's a our charity, our charity uh, link there, and then that'll get you into the Excellent. the butts and nuts of it. So, so if anybody first... has interest in helping out or participating, they can go to that. And uh... yeah, and we're gonna fully launch. I mean, the goal right now is to fully launch. Like I believe it was June fifth was what cool. we were shooting for, which is like the you know in a couple weeks. But yeah, it's coming yeah. right up. Yeah, it should be right there. So among this yeah. like commission that I'm actually kind of. So I've been working on it a ton, but I've also been avoiding it because, as I said in the pre-show, like it's been so freaking hot and humid here, and Already. I do not have in AC Florida. In my shop. No, I know who would who what? would have it. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it's really unmotivating to try to get in the shop, and I've actually been have when I do have shop time. <sighs> so or, my or one car so garage tool that your AC is hand. Hand cranked. Like I just yeah, I do that. Uh, I would love AC. Um, I've been talking about doing a mini split for a while. You should, so, dude. Yeah. But the problem is my shop's so small and just like with the spacing and everything, the issue is, is that I obviously to run AC, I would have to have the door closed. And I kind of work with that door open all the time because I utilize that extra space on my porch to be able to, you know, work on larger items and all that. So I don't know, man. It's just miserable right now. <laughs> it's really the bad line of it. The heat, well, luckily man, it's, it's not going to get any worse. Me. So... It will, it will one hundred percent get worse. Yeah, wait till July and August. It's gonna. I can't like hang with like real bad. I mean, it's not so bad for me this year. Like it's been in the past, but 
it's the heat sucks, man. Like it's just too much. And I don't even have, I can't, the humidity is what gets me. And I don't have like any humidity out here. Like you guys do with, I remember I went to Dan's place the first time and I was like, am I dying? What is happening? It was like so wet. Everything was so wet at all times. I just couldn't. Yeah, it's not it it's not crazy. Florida bad here. I mean, but it gets no, it's pretty crazy. 70% humidity on a regular like in the in the Oof. the heart of summer. It's crazy. Moist Nebraska. Yeah. To flip back to my alter ego, which is uh, Eric Curtis, like so he posted the other day on his Instagram stories that he was complaining about the humidity with like his beard or something, I don't know. And I was shaved, bro. I wouldn't I was, know. I, I, well, I was like, dude, like, no, like, don't even talk to me about humidity. Like, I, I, I ain't hearing it. <laughs> you know, Philly, you got nothing. Got nothing on us. So <laughs> it's uh, pretty bad from what I understand. I've never actually been out to Florida ever. Well, it's, it's the bad. Wild what? West of America. It's all the rage. Like, there's no rules yeah. down here. You know, it it's, seems crazy. It seems to... like bonkers town out there. I hear they have the best Disney. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. We went to uh, we took the kids to Disney world in 018 uh 018 018 do you want to try that again that's what we're calling it now yeah we took their we took the kids there in 018 early summer of 018 and the humidity was i wanted to kill myself it was it was really bad i will never go back (laughs) to that state ever wow oh we're on episode 0112 yep what uh what i mean so what else you got going on? What's going on with that commission? I mean, how yeah. far are you into that thing? So I'm pretty far. I, I have to, I mean, basically where I'm at is like all my materials, like dimension. And now I have to start marking everything out and cutting joinery. So yeah, that's basically it's the nuts to butts time right now. Like, yeah. That's the best is. part. Yeah. Mark up and assemble. And, and well, I thought the, the nuts best. to butts time was the best. Oh time. man. Okay. I love nut to butt time. Yeah. So good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where I, I. I don't even know if that's actually the saying, nuts to butts. But it is the thing. You're running so fast it? that your nuts are hitting your butt. It's huh, perfect. That's Back when I shot weddings, yeah. I always told people to get close when we were doing formals. I'm like, get nut to butt. Let's do it. I like how it was like 72 hours ago and you're already like <laughs> back when I used to shoot weddings. Back in the old days. <laughs> oh, geez. You got anything wow. else going on, Chris? Um, I'm trying to think of anything. There's a couple things that are sort of in the like hopper in the back of my brain, I guess. Um, and then I know that, uh, so Bart Comar and I did a collab of, Hey, we know gosh, Bart. It's been a, yeah, yeah, Bromar. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's definitely Bromar for sure. <laughs> uh, but you know, we're, I'm waiting on him to finish up actually the box so that we can, you know, edit the video and do all that. So, I mean, I think that's kind of, I'm actually, it's funny. I'm looking up at my, uh, I've got a whiteboard here with my to-do list on it. He's got a whiteboard. To figure out. This guy. Yeah. Dan was running his entire business off the whiteboard. So anyways, back when he, he used to be a wedding, he person. closed his business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All, all those years ago. That was ago my downfall, the whiteboard, actually. So a little, but, little um, warning. I, so I've had like some actual timber frame projects that I've been wanting to sort of pull the trigger on. And I have delayed and delayed and pulled the trigger on none of them. And now it's like so hot that I don't want to do them because they're going to be 99% <laughs> outside. So who knows? I might be waiting until like October to, to but do some of that stuff. But in the timber framing world. If you do them now, because it's so humid, everything will like shrink and be tighter when you're done. No, when it shrinks, it'll be looser. looser. It's the opposite. Now it'd be looser. (laughs) Looser. What moves? Swell. 
It would You'd think swell. that with, with all yeah. the wood movement education you get from your comments that you would know. But I thought, yeah. so like if you wedding cut, photographer, if you cut joinery <laughs> and then it all shrinks, it would be tighter. No, I mean no, because it goes into something. Like, uh, let me be clear. Like right now, it's May. 26th. He's thinking of a tabletop. We're yeah. talking about a glue joint. It's May 26th at 10.56 like, p.m., and shrink. my wood is pretty swollen, but as soon as I look at Dan, it shrinks. And <laughs> it's full, full Win- October you know, over here. It all makes Winter sense. time yeah. in your pants. <laughs> yeah. So. I was in the pool! Uh, well, then. <laughs> so, you, yeah, that's all if I you come, going. It, if you think of something else, interrupt me or Pete. But Pete, you're going next, so mm. hit it. Hit it, homie. Hit it. Oh, sorry. Hit you it. swigged. Hit it. I was swallowing. I was just swigging what was that, Dan? Were you doing a TikTok? Oh, always. always. You were doing a TikTok. Dan's I'm proud of you, buddy. Good, good job. Way to communicate with modern technology. Anyways. I'm here for the, the, young, the young audience. That's what you guys got me here for. Yes. Um, the younglings. Who is, well, Nick Brim. Like the youngest audience member we have, I think. Probably. He's what, Yeah, something like that. Anyway. I, no. I don't know. All I know, he's fallen through his deck more times than I have. Excuse me? Oh. Oh, yeah. He's bringing he's that alive. big deck energy. Big deck. Yeah, it's a weak a, deck. It might be big, but it doesn't have the gift girth, bro. We'll get it right eventually. Yeah. yeah it's uh, at least an hour, right? He's got Casey's strength. Anyways. <laughs> I, 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 I Oh, the pizza place. <laughs> the pizza place. I was I, like, don't bring Casey wait. Reeves in on this. He's a good no, dude. No, no, no. <laughs> he's, he's amazing. Would never, Are you talking no, about Casey's, oh, the gas station, Casey's? Yeah, yeah Casey's Chris, you not know about this? Yes. Chris, uh, Dan will literally die on this hill saying best that Casey's pizza. pizza is the best pizza in the it's world. It's not. It's it's the it's worst not. pizza in the world. I mean, it's not. <laughs> well, it's been no, here. Chris, See you later. <laughs> Chris, you might be confused. No, he means Casey's gas station pizza. No, no, like no. The I'm, best I'm, pizza I'm, in the world. So my wife is from Iowa, like literally middle of nowhere, Iowa. And trust oh, me, Dan. I've, oh, Dan. I've had plenty of Casey's pizza. It's fine mm. like i mean i see dan you know fist pumping over there but when i say fine it's fine <laughs> this is a it's... huge win for him <laughs> it's this is literally the validation he's been looking for honestly for yeah, that... i like their breakfast sandwiches that's kind of my jam i'm a breakfast guy breakfast but, pizza uh, breakfast no oh, man, no breakfast get, get out of here with that breakfast pizza please <laughs> <laughs> dan, and speaking, this is someone yeah. from florida telling you that you're wrong how does that feel you were literally, People you literally from Florida pe- don't know anything mute him. about pizza. Dan, mute you, him. You, you, mute you him so peak. he can't respond. Yeah, you listened <laughs> last week when you were doing yeah. your last wedding. Ninety-five percent of New York lives here now. Like we know everything about pizza. They all came. Yeah. Here, so, you know. Dude, seriously, everyone from New Jersey, New York is in Florida now. Yeah, it's, just, it's a thing. Yeah, it's whatever. The weird like Disneyland of uh, or Disney World of Florida. Is you make it really sound weird. way more fun, like than it actually is. It's, it's not terrible. Like, it's it's yeah. Florida man doesn't like Casey's pizza. Shocking. <laughs> All right, go on. Uh, yeah, that's the shocker, right, Dan? Uh, God, where, where was I? So I spent uh, a good amount of time in my shop this week just working on some projects. I got those floating shelves done for my neighbor. Uh, <laughs> apparently, uh, he's not used to uh, tight tolerances because I, I ended up cutting everything out, fitting perfectly for the hardware. And he's like, you didn't leave, really leave me a lot of room to uh, move these shelves around. I'm like, they're, they're not supposed to. Pete, supposed you, to just sit still. Movement? It, wood movement. So I was like, oh, you could do it like so this, 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 swells, this, this. I gave, 
and it shrinks, everything will be. I literally tighter. had like three different scenarios for him. Well, like, like here's how you do it. So that to look at Dan for a minute, move. and they'll yeah. shrivel up. They'll shrink up. They'll shrink up. <laughs> Coming in. Like a desert there. <laughs> oh, first Casey's now this. Okay. <laughs> Dan, look. You gotta down. be hard on the talent. Is down. what I heard. You gotta be hard on the talent. So. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta deflate their heads. That's it. So they stay humble. That's what it is. That's oh. we're doing you a favor, Dan. Are you? Uh, Casey's pizza is terrible. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I did that. Uh, I've also been doing a bunch of organization in the shop. I'm like, so obviously we're never done with the shop, but I am as close to done with the shop as you can get. All I have to do is run the piping for the dust collection, and I'm done with all the projects I had lined up. Like actually done, so I can then just you know start figuring out what what tool I'm buying next. But all the major stuff that's been on my to-do list since I moved in here is done. The clamp rack's finally done. The uh, I got the Omni wall up this week, and that stuff is rock solid. I really like it. I have a extra two panels. One's going to be a charging station, and one's probably going to end up in a 3D printing shop. So I'm stoked for that. Um, aside from that, what else am I doing? Uh, oh, God, God. We're working on a garden, as, in, as if landscaping wasn't bad enough. We're doing a garden next week or this week. It's going to come in tomorrow. Um, I turned 34 this week, which is not a big thing. Yeah, dude, happy uh, birthday! That's yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there was a, like a weird buzzing sound. Nobody heard anything. Good. Yeah. Actually, Pete, can we rewind really quick? So- <laughs> Girth. <laughs> yes. Um. So, as far as your shop's concerned, what I'm hearing is that the very last step to your shop being, you know, quote unquote finished, is that you got to lay that pipe. I got to lay that pipe. <laughs> And, you know, everyone saw me four inches, but I'm like, nah, I, Chris yeah. Githro, I'm going full Chris Githro, you know, like six Githro? inches. Now he's <laughs> using my actual <laughs> last name. It's, Sorry, it's I don't know why really I keep defaulting spunk. to TH. I apologize. <laughs> English is my third language. When I hear F, I, I default to th, th, th. <laughs> uh, But yeah, so I'm going with full girth, uh, six inch pipe, as much as, as much of it as I can through the shop. And uh, it's, it's really annoying right now because it's sitting in a corner of my shop. It's all stacked up and it's taking up a lot of space. So this weekend I'm going to be running the. Uh, did our, you get all that? Sorry, I must. I might have missed it. You might have. Did you get all the stuff for your machine? Yes. So that that came in last week. So the 220 stuff's ready. I I just got to install it. Uh, I might do a separate video on just that because that's kind of a weird thing for the new model, and they don't really have instructions on that. So I might you know help them out and help myself out. I don't know. We'll see. Um, so I'm going to do that quick little video and I got to just, I've, the most annoying thing is I got to film all the dust collection video stuff for it as well. So uh, that hopefully will be done next week. Monday, it, oh, it's Memorial Day weekend coming up. I treated myself. I got a big uh, Traeger smoker. I got the 34, nice. which is like yes. a treat 600. Yourself, girl. Yeah, treat yourself, girl. <laughs> exactly. So it's a 600 square inch. Apparently, that's how you measure grills. I learned yeah. this week. Don't yeah, you measure it in hours used? <laughs> in hours, let's get currently at zero. Yeah. Not it's got some yet. solid girth, bro. And I know I'm going to get a lot of crap because I was looking for a wood smoker, like a side-by-side wood smoker, but I just I don't have the time to be sitting there. Man, who cares it. what people think about that stuff? Who cares? Get whatever yeah. you want to get. Yeah, I've got a Traeger happy. Yeah. That's what I want as a Traeger or a Green Mountain. Who cares? And like, yeah, and like, Mike, got time Mike and Dan, crap. like, actually, all all of you guys probably get this. Like, you know, we we've talked a lot about buying our time back, and like, even with our other hobbies, like, I love smoking meat, giggity. Yeah, you but do. like, yeah, I do. Can confirm. But 
it's a lot of work. Like we actually Meet got up. lucky when you guys were here hanging out when we we're smoking um in the in the little like pill smoker that I have. That was cooperating. That thing did great, dude. It did great, but it was really cooperating. I've smoked on that thing where I'm like sitting there every 30 minutes, like adjusting the temperature because it's either too hot or too low. So it's gonna be nice to just like turn the dial and walk away from it. And yeah, you check, can check it on your phone you and stuff, dude. I mean, I know. Yeah, yeah. it's all the tech, we have the technology. I'm all about getting your time back and buying things that make uh, your life easier. That's why I do all my smoking at a barbecue joint down the street. Yeah, which is fine. <laughs> I, um, I'm I sorry, Dan. Did your barbecue joint down the street deliver to my house when you were here? No, no, I made it for you. It's and called Casey's. You, and then you were laid out on the Casey's, floor for like a Casey's week. Casey's barbecue. <laughs> Dan, yeah, like Dan. ten minutes into slamming four hundred ribs, like get yeah. total meat sweats. I don't know why my belly hurts. <laughs> Everything you hurts. A rack by yourself. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> um. So, anyways, got that treated myself. We've also just been like, we love hanging out outside. We love our yard. You guys have seen the yard. It's just nature. So we got a bunch of furniture for it. We're pimping it all out, putting lights up. I can't believe these, you didn't like, make your own furniture. When. I didn't know. Well, it's wicker, so you know you can't legally. You can't. You're not allowed to do wicker furniture. What? It's an endangered bamboo. species. Bamboo. Yeah. Bamboo. Yeah, bamboo. You can do whatever you want. So we've been getting a bunch of furniture, other stuff. We're just like, like deck decking out the deck. No pun intended. Deck. Uh, deck. Um, and aside from that, I'm wrapping up. Yeah, there you go. I'm wrapping up the assembly on the uh, 3D printers. And by wrapping up, I mean it's still in progress. I want to try to get that all done as, as quickly as possible. And I also mounted my projector. So it's over here. Oh, yeah, you're just projecting. Anyone, hey, I'm just projecting. Anyone watching the video, I just showed it. So we have a projector in my office where we use that for when we do a VR. So if other people are hanging out, they see what's happening. So it's projecting on a wall behind me right where the New Jersey sign is. We are right here on the map, just so you guys know. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah. In case anyone's watching the video, the all six of you, thank you. And uh, that's it. It's just been like a lot of house house projects, you know, setting stuff up for the outside. I didn't get to do a ton of stuff in the shop, but I got it organized. I'm very happy. And then uh, this week, like Chris said, I'm laying pipe. So I'm stoked for that. <laughs> did Chris and speaking that? of laying pipe, he did. Yeah, yeah, okay. he was. Yeah, you were getting a pee. And speaking of laying pipe, Mike, you were, what's going on with you? Getting a pee. <laughs> getting a pee. You're getting a, you're getting a pee. One sec, I have to get a pee real quick. Um well uh this week's busy. We got we're wrapping up this book matched English elm table. Uh I got M- Matt going up tomorrow to pick up all the hardware. That is my freaking place. gorgeous, by the way. Man, it's that, that thing pretty. that we lined up that book match. It it's so great. dialed. I can't wait to get to And that was on uh that epoxy filled in all the, the was it just cracks or bug holes? Because I, should... uh, there's just some yeah, there was some in, some internal checking when I flattened. Checking, it, but okay. there was uh, we we did. I took like thirteen ounces internal of polishing here, but, is what I like. To but I it, I put fa- I put four bow ties in there to stabilize everything, and then we filled everything in with epoxy around that, so it would nobody uh, enjoyed not be annoying trip, okay. to clean. I, I got it there. Sorry. He was what polishing instead of checking. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, uh, wait, Mike, do you do you do two types or do you just do? Do penetrating in there, or do you do the uh, penetrating do and then just slow? Okay. Yeah, the the cracks were very small. So anyway, yeah, the cracks were not very big. Okay. The, it, it just the bow ties were very small. I mean, it was fine. It it was the piece of wood is very stable. After flattening, 
Typically when I do like a big flattening process like that, you're removing so much material. I like to let them sit for like a week or more sometimes before we start working on them. Uh, I let those sit for, it was about, I guess we finished them last Friday. So they were about five days, but it hadn't moved at all. The wood was just not moving. I stickered everything back up, stacked everything. And uh, that's, that elm must have been very, very old and very, very stable because it didn't, it didn't move at all. It was very flat. You tried to tickle in the base? Yeah, I gave it the old... Did you redo? Polish tickle. <laughs> Polish tickle. I gave it the old uh, Nebraska fidget spinner. I'm just looking at the <laughs> titles here. <laughs> oh, man. They're only going to get that if they watch the pre-show. Oh, so. Yeah, it's, it's, it's backwards. That's the way it's it like goes. water in Australia. <laughs> yeah, so that is going to be uh, – Matt is going to go in the morning. It's like a five-hour round trip to go up to Bidwell to get all the steel. So he's going to go get all that. So tomorrow I will probably work – I won't work late tomorrow. Never mind. That's right. I got stuff for my son's last day of school tomorrow. But uh, well, I'll, I'll get that thing finished this weekend uh, and ready to go because I want to get it out of the shop because there's like no space. Um, all the glass for those four carriage doors I'm doing is coming tomorrow. So we're going to start the assembly on that on Tuesday. And that big Claro walnut desk is uh, – that was that's all cut down to rough shape right now. And we're going to – that's been sitting for a week. That wood did move quite a bit. So uh, I'm going to have to flatten everything down. I, I left it thick at like two and a half inches, all the wood. But I'm going to bring it down to two inches because otherwise that we have to get that thing into the building. And it's going to just – it doesn't need to be any bigger than two inches thick. That's a going to be a massive table uh, or desk, I should say. Set up to Chris. So, yeah, I know, right. That's uh, thick but, with two Cs. You know, yeah, it's say. three C. Yeah. It's a yeah, it's a three C situation. No, and possibly we, a Q. The uh, yeah, it's a T H I Q U E. It's Q U E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Q U E. Yeah, C K. Yeah, yeah. That's for uh, our French. Uh, you know, it's for Thomas. You'll know what that <laughs> means later. When we but yeah, it's gonna be mitered waterfalls. It's gonna it's gonna be L shaped with a big miter, um, and then a waterfall in the end, and uh, that's gonna be cool. I can't wait to build that one. That's gonna be. I'm really looking forward to getting into that because. <laughs> I've been working on these shelves for this, uh, I guess I can say it now, I mean, we're in contract, but for room and board, this furniture retailer, I'm doing these shelves for, um, so we, we're, it's just more of like a, it's just a job for this company that I have a good relationship with now. So <laughs> they're, we're doing, we're just getting through all the, the, uh, sample order so that they can get everything signed off with QA and then we'll get into the first big orders. So got through all that this week and then I had a bunch of small orders off like, like, my online stores, well, my Etsy store, I don't really, I mean, that's typically Matt does that stuff, but like, it's just like tanked real bad. And honestly, it feels really nice. <laughs> like, it's just like, that stuff takes up so much time for like what it is. It's just like, it's a huge diversion from the big projects that I like doing. So, uh, the website store has done pretty good the last few weeks, but, um, the, we're just so busy with commissions right now that that's all I want to do. I love that stuff. That so makes that's, perfect sense. I get to do the thing. I love doing it. Like, I just love it. <laughs> like, it's like I get to wake up and go do these projects that I just love doing. It's amazing. So, yeah, like, that's where your um, creativity probably shines as opposed to Etsy, where you're probably just pumping out the same thing over. Yeah, I mean, it's cash flow for sure with Etsy. It's it's definitely a uh, creativity killer over there. Um, that stuff, but it is, you know, why you, why you gotta can, be attacking it me? It can be good revenue. I'm 100% not. <laughs> hey, Emma. Oh, hi. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's nice with that stuff. But yeah, we're gonna be getting back into the grounding boxes again. I'm gonna be making uh, a big delivery tomorrow on that and a big pickup on that. So we're gonna be really busy with that. 
Um, and then I've got what was I just had the other thing in my head. Um, oh, do, 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 do you guys remember me talking about those Monopoly boxes? Yeah, like a year six ago, six years yeah, ago. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. So that guy came back around like three months ago or something, or maybe right before WorkbenchCon, and we he actually took the my design and then took it to someone else who had it refined a bit. Um, and everything's all dialed now. So we're actually going to be starting on that in July, which is actually kind of, I, I mean, it's not going to, I'm not going to be a part of that project. That's going to be mostly a Matt project and Sean project, but it's going to be kind of a cool project because it's going to be helping. Uh, there was a big fire a couple years back up, up north of here, the paradise fire. A lot of people lost their homes. It was right. a really big fire. I remember seeing that on the news. Yeah. And, uh, this, this, this whole, this program, all this money is going to re-help build a community center for paradise basically. So it's really cool to be a part of that project. And, um, and I'm working on this job for a dot-com company in the Bay area, uh, with one of my East coast partners. And, um, Hey, Hey. we, we just had a long meeting today and that job is turning into a gigantic job, uh, which I'm really excited about. So it's going to be really cool. It was going to be a bar and five tables. It's now a bar 12 tables and three conference tables. Dang. So I'm really pumped about that. So really stonks that that job's going to be really, really fun. And they're giving the, and the it's full creative. It, I get full creative control other than they need to hit some specific, uh, like colors in this. They want like the, the, the tone to be kind of the same throughout the building, but the full, everything that is designed is up to me. It's entirely up to me, which is amazing. So, <clears throat> Mike, um, are you all finished with that? Cause I saw you were, essentially like retrofitting a shipping container and I apologize because on Instagram I no, usually I watch stories with the sound yeah. off so I don't yeah. really know too much about it but it was it supposed to be like a storage shed kind of thing it's all, like... it's all wood storage okay. and so what I did actually yeah I should bring that up so I had a storage con- I had a shipping container delivered last week and we added wood racking along the whole side and then part of the other side and then just a random offcut rack uh, cause I have a very hard time with getting rid of bigger pieces. Like any of the small stuff I've gotten a lot better with any small stuff. I usually throw into a bucket and there's like five local guys that do like cutting boards on the weekends and stuff. They come and pick them up. Like they'll text me like, Hey, you got anything? I'll be like, I got a bucket for you. So they'll come and pick up like, uh, basically anything under 16 inches long. I just throw into the bucket and they just come grab them and turn them into, into boards. I just give okay. them to them for, I mean, I can't use the stuff for what I do typically. Right. So it's better to go to somebody now. than you burn it. In they'll use it. Yeah. Okay. I, and right now yeah. it's too hot for me to burn and they'll use it and they're good dudes. Like they're like all just getting going on the, on the weekend warrior thing, which is super cool. So I've been clearing that stuff out, but yeah, that whole thing, uh, <laughs> I was able to take all the wood out of my shop, all the wood out of my garage, some of the wood outside. Cause I've got stacks of slabs around my property uh, but I couldn't get those in there, but they're just, they're fine where they're at. They're all undercover and stuff. But um, uh, that thing we put a, the company's called AC Infinity. They actually, I only know, they're actually for groweries, but they actually make. Yeah, right. Uh, I, I always see actually, all their signage and it's like for like grow houses. Yeah, they're for I'm grow like, houses. I'm like, I just need it for grow, my. Growing what? Exactly. Uh, potatoes. Jazz cigarettes. Jazz cigarettes. No, it's, uh, but yeah, the, um. They, it, I have one of their extractors for my big laser, but they're actually it's an attic fan I put there. We we Sean Sean cut a hole out of the back and we. Oh, they make an this. attic fan too. Yeah, oh, it, I need dude, that. Dude, that thing moves a ton of air. I was how, like, how loud is it? 
as loud as my laser fan. It's like 62 <laughs> decibels or something. It's can't even hear it. Hmm. I'm looking for so, like an ultra quiet fan for the house fan. So it could like run it, while I'm recording and stuff. So it was 96 <clears> yesterday. <throat> it was 97 in the container. I think that's pretty good. That's, that's real good that's considering good. that I mean, containers, I, I mean, you know, straight steel. metal. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. all steel. And but so we put it on the side of the shop where it it stops seeing sunlight after like two, right? So it doesn't get it anymore. Um, so it's in a good spot, and the wood isn't. I was my big concern was that it gets so hot in there that it would case harden the wood, and then yeah. I just start having fractures and all kinds of problems. I don't think it's gonna be an issue at all in there, and the humidity is like floating around twenty percent. So I think everything's going to be great in that thing. I'm really excited about having that and having all that wood out of the shop because that is the biggest problem. And I think by like, so Matt is going to be co- my cousin who works for me a couple days a week. So Sean, I got a guy, Sean, Chris, if you don't know, there's a guy who works for me fr- five days a week, Sean. My cousin Matt works for me two to three days a week, but he's going to be coming on full time. But we're going to have to, I think there's another local guy here. He's in the woodworking community. He's like, um, uh, he's a nice guy. He comes up to our meetups and stuff whenever we do. Um, I'm going to try to bring him on here probably July, and he's going to be like, uh, he's kind of like on the. Uh, I, I don't know how should I classify him. I don't want to like make him feel bad at all. But he's on. He's learning. He's learning woodworking. So he's going to come in and learn and an apprentice. Um, sort yeah, of. it's the apprenticeship. Yeah, model, kind of like an apprenticeship yeah. model essentially. But I'm going to pay him well. I mean, I don't. I believe in paying people well. So. Um, he'll be paid well, um, and he's going to come in, and he's he's a good dude. We, I get along with the guy, so um, that's cool. anyway. Where in the world did gonna, you a, find a shipping container though in 2022? Because my understanding is dude, that they are few and far between. Rough. Oh, he like, got one, but he paid for it. Yeah, it's rough. Like they have them, they have them, and they'll. But it, like four months ago, my understanding was at the beginning of the year, like you can't find them, like they yeah. just aren't available at all. But now they're available. At, but it was forty three hundred or forty two hundred bucks to get that thing delivered, like bought and delivered. And yeah. uh, and I I want to say when I was working at my family's construction company, I used to buy those for like fourteen hundred bucks delivered before. I mean they're they were really cheap. It's so expensive so, now. So. One of uh, my buddies down here, um, DP Woodworks on Instagram, uh, another uh, what's it Daniel called? Peter Woodworks. Yeah. No, it's actually Disco Pesic is his name. He's from uh, Montenegro. Yeah, originally. But he's like uh, the vice president of operations at Seaboard Marine down here. And oh, nice. so we've like, for the most part, gotten containers from him, like, you know, part of the crew, like whatever. He gives us a little deal. And now he's like, dude, it's impossible. He's like, if I wanted a container for my house, he's like, I couldn't even get it. Like, it's wild. Like, just so scarcity. You guys obviously have a lot of ports out there. Uh, there's a lot, there's a lot <laughs> of sea traffic out there. But we have Oakland, which Oakland is only like an hour and a half from me. Oakland has just like a glut of containers. So I think I think that's the only reason it's opening back up. Like I had called a place, well, I had called many places to be like, I will just rent one. Can you just bring one out to me, please? Please just bring it out. And they're like, we can't even rent them. Like we just can't yeah. get them out to you. It doesn't yeah, exist. That like, was early. Typically what you know, he tries to hook the crew up with is like, you know, one or two trip containers, right? Like stuff that is right. the nice banged ones. up or rusty yep. or whatever. Um, and yeah, like I said, it's pretty much impossible. Actually, right at the start of 2020, I did like a whole, it's the least cowdog craftworks like a uh, project ever, but I retrofitted a shipping container for a yoga pants company, interestingly enough. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So it was basically just a huge flex for their office. Like they got like this, like office warehouse space. Uh, the lady had bought the, uh, you know, the warehouse probably going to do a YouTube video on the tour of it. 
because I never got to actually film content for it. And that'll actually be a part of the video. But um, anyhow, long story short, it was just wild as hell to like actually work with a shipping container and like get in there and you're just using a sawzall to like cut out like the cutouts on the side, you know, getting through all that steel. I mean, it's it's something else. We, for sure. we were hitting it with a grinder and and not the app, but like the tool. Uh, but we were uh, <laughs> grinding. Uh, no, no, but no, we we were in there. I, I was like, met. I've never seen like, I've never really seen the draw. I've for 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 shipping containers for me, they're always so utilitarian, and I've never seen the draw of them like people turning them into houses. But I've got it here. I'm like, man, you really could just like slap up some insulation and frame up a wall and do whatever you wanted in this thing, and it'd be actually. It's and you know it's watertight if you get one that's not you know hasn't seen like seventy trips over the from here to East Asia or whatever. But like, uh, like I can tell this one isn't. This one's definitely had some trips under its belt, but it's fine. It's completely. Good. I'm not worried about any water intrusion at all in this thing. And if I were to like frame out the inside at some point, it wouldn't be that. It'd be a pretty cool project. Like turning it into my office was something I was thinking about. But you know, uh, that'd be that'd be super cool. Or like a or for the podcast or just any kind of thing. There, it's just a square watertight box that you can turn into some pretty cool stuff so like when you have a company like that where you, i mean i don't i'm not familiar with where you didn't do any content on that right barely i mean there was like a couple instagram posts but like there was no youtube video or anything and i mean that's like a i bet story. you that would explode dude yeah if you did a full I, video on that i bet you that would do so well you know like and, and well so the whole i'll get into it a little bit here i guess but the whole point was yeah. like i went into it with a partner actually and that partner stopped showing up to work basically about three weeks into it so i'm there with this huge shipping container basically by myself and i'm like all right like i gotta figure this out <laughs> yeah and you know deadlines are looming but the whole concept of it was like we cut out the sides and um ended up running like a stair and then there's a deck with a railing from view rail that's like on the like top so it's right. just like a office like lounge space they use it they've got a couple desks inside that sort of thing that's super smart so you put like yeah. a sun deck on top yeah absolutely oh that's yeah. sick yeah that's a that's really good idea cool. yeah that would help with keeping it from getting so hot up top or inside well, too it's indoors, so it's an air-conditioned space. So it's oh, not really okay. Thing, I gotcha, but gotcha. yeah, like it's literally inside the warehouse. Like when I do the YouTube video, it'll be kind of cool just because you can see like where it's set up. But um, yeah, like it's it's just the most random thing like that's there. Like, well, you got my you got my brain spinning now because now I'm like, man, I have this tractor I could throw. I could actually like throw some racking up on top there and store stuff on <laughs> top of that thing. And, and Use actually, wood, that would help with insulation. Light-colored wood to insulate it. He had a blow of the, the yeah. Put a bunch of pine up there, pine slabs. Or I want to say it works so good. Hear me all out six here. inches of it. Red yeah, it is. <laughs> Clarified <laughs> butter. Yeah. Clarified, <laughs> clarified mayonnaise. Put oh. put the put the container up on like a trailer. Throw some wheels on it. Boom! You have yourself a mobile home. Oh my gosh, that's a You're great welcome. solution. I love actually. It. So there's a guy <laughs> that's. Um, I, the, so it's an architect, I believe, that's like one block over from my buddy PJ, and he built a container house. And I want to say he utilized like six or seven containers and stacked them. Yeah. But yep. he like stuccoed the sides mm -hmm. and like fully sided it out. So and then he when you're looking on. at it, no wheels. <laughs> no wheels. What a, but, what a waste. <laughs> when you're looking at it, you can't really tell it's a container house. You know? Right. And that, I think that's one of the coolest things about it. You know, because I mean, yeah. I do like that look. I think that has a place. But I do from, too. I think it's cool. Yeah. From a style perspective, like in this neighborhood where every house, I mean, Florida is like sort of known for like concrete block and stucco, but like right. when you're looking at it, you're like, okay, like 
this fits here, but something looks different. Like I can't quite figure it out. And you know, they were double stacking them and then cutting out the walls on them and probably tack walling them together. So that yeah. way you actually had like real like room space, large but, spaces. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's really sweet. Like it looks really nice. So I don't know. Yeah, th- I think those are cool. I w- I wouldn't hate the idea of living in one of those with. I mean, I don't really like big houses. I'm not like big into a big house. So like uh, enough space to get around. I mean, you can get you can get a pretty decent sized space and not too many shipping containers, and they're ultimately way cheaper than build- building a stick frame house. Yep. Like it's <clears throat> way oh, cheaper. Yeah, yeah so, like I would. The guess- frame is so cheap. I would guess what that this is. house is probably like 2,000 square feet, maybe like 2,500 square feet. I mean, That's easily. Big. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's either square feet. <laughs> two or three stories, something like that. So, yeah. That's wild. That's cool. Oof. Yeah. Super cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I uh, I don't know where we were. Something about a bench? Uh, I think that was what's on it. <laughs> was that it for what's Yours. on the bench? I guess. Oh, yeah. Know. Mine. Yeah. That's what's on me? my that's shipping it. container. Well, yeah. Well, I got the shipping container. Why don't you That's right. Chris, all the questions that you're going to ask him. Well, let's go into the questions we have written uh, called uh, in. Do you We've not have any, from... Mike? I thought you had a bunch. You, you were like, oh, I have all these questions, Chris. I didn't say that. I, I remember it. Dan? <laughs> I remember it. Oh, I remember it. <laughs> Excuse let's, me. Let's go into Port questions. Reporter, can we read that one back, please? Yeah. Let's go into <laughs> questions from Because he's a Tomah. lawyer I... attorney. It's the same lawyer thing. attorney. Attorney, attorney at lawyer. Attorney. Uh, this <laughs> attorney at lawyer. <laughs> Uh, this first question is from Thomas. He's from France. Only France. Hi, guys. It's Thomas uh, from TSG.mex in France. Um, I'm back with a question from, for Chris. I just sold my table saw, uh, because it was a piece of crap, crap, sorry, and it's very noisy. And I mainly work late at night and I don't want to wake up my two daughter, little daughters. So um, I'm moving more and more towards the hand tools, hand tools uh, field, I guess. I don't know if you can say this in English, but anyway. Um, I was wondering if you didn't have any table saw, how many saw you would get to repress, uh, replace this tool and which um, of them um, I know there is Carcasso and this kind of stuff. I don't know the name really, so yep, I need help. And also, can you really sharpen um, Japanese pulso, especially the very fine tooth? Uh, I feel like it's just uh, the kind of saw you just throw in the bin and get a new one. Thank you. Bye. Thomas, thanks for calling in again. Uh, we really appreciate all your calls, man. We really do. This is really geared towards Chris, and I really want to hear these answers, actually. Yeah. So, Chris, yeah. what you got, man? Well, so how before, would you replace before a table Chris saw? Goes, let's, uh, oh, oh, oh. let's say what Thomas was asking, just for those. Why? He said it. <laughs> all right. Well, how about this? So you couldn't understand what, is what you're saying. What saws <laughs> would he replace his table saw with? And then can you really sharpen a Japanese pull saw? Yeah, and I can kind of break these up into like little bits here. So... Yeah, Actually, yeah. let me start first with even something that he didn't even ask, which, you know, or I guess it's not even a question. Eight inches. He, yes, eight inches. Um, no, <laughs> he made a statement basically saying like, you know, hand tool woodworking was like quiet woodworking. And let me tell you, if anybody's ever come over to my house while I'm trying to hog out a mortise by hand with a chisel, like, good luck. Mother like, French toast, <laughs> a biscuit eating bulldog. I actually, okay. it, it was funny, um, and this was not related to chiseling, but I remember um, a buddy of mine came over to use my planer, 
and like uh and i'm talking like my power planer so i've got the dewalt with the helical head on it and yeah. so he's outside using it and i was inside and i heard how loud it was and i literally turned to my wife i was like oh my god like is that like what it sounds like when i'm out there all day milling stuff for god knows how many hours like just you know rough passes and she was like, "Yes, that's exactly what it sounds like." And I—that's the loudest tool on the market. That's like what they, the sex is, That's what the helical had on it. Too. Oh, the helical, yeah, yeah. The straight knife version of the seven thirty-five is like a monster. I mean, even with the helical head, it's yeah, it's loud. It's still so, loud. It's loud. You know, like Hansel woodworking. Yes, there are some quiet aspects of it. You know, there's all those pretty videos of people like pulling planes and uh, you know hand sawing. But let me tell you, like if you're sitting there whacking on your chisels, like you know, it's it's not quiet. But um, anyway, putting that aside and actually answering his question about what saws I would use to replace a table saw. So that's tricky because for the most part, I mean, a table saw ultimately is incredibly versatile, right? Like you can, I mean, for me, the table saw is the heart of my shop. I mean, yes, like I'm most shops. a hand tool guy, but yeah. I do a bazillion things on my table saw. Yeah. Um, imagine without it. But with that being said, if I didn't have a table saw, what I would have is probably a Japanese Ryoba. And the reason being is that one side of your Ryoba has <clears throat> rip teeth and the other side has crosscut teeth. Now, this is then going to lend into his question as to the whole sharpening aspect. So right now, the way that the market and like sort of like Japanese carpentry sort of, I guess, industry and everything is looking towards... Um, Japanese pole saws that are most widely available are disposable. So he is correct in the sense of you don't need to sharpen a like Zet saw or like a Suzan. Right. You know, you just those blades are right. twenty bucks. Get rid of them, right? There's yeah, no. You can simply just replace the blade and not the whole saw, right? Correct. A lot of them, yeah, yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Um, however, if you want to get real <clears> weird <throat> and you kind of want to level up in quality, um, there are. Um, sharpenable Japanese pull saws, like non-disposable Japanese saws. And I've actually just started to get into them. And let me tell you, they are glorious. Like they cut like a damn laser. It is really, really impressive. I would never dare try to sharpen one myself. Um, so there is actually a like I guess expert level sharpening that can, uh, there's people that do this. So in Japan, uh, the, I guess the, how would I put it? The person that does this is called a metate or it's like the process It's metate. So it's this idea of like making sure that the saw <clears throat> is properly tensioned, that it is flat. And then they go through and actually sharpen all your teeth for you. <clears throat> um, it is like the creme de la creme of these like non-disposable saws. And here in the States, we literally have one guy that is like really capable of doing it to that level. So if I need one of those saws sharpened and granted, you don't need to sharpen these saws like every week. It's not like a chisel where it's going to get dull, like after like from the abuse super quick, like realistically, if you're using them at a hobbyist level, you'll probably sharpen your saw. I don't know, maybe once every couple of years. You know, it's not that big a deal. Um, That's not bad at all. Yeah. I mean, the average weekend warrior, like, and, the amount and what's of, one of these saws cost? So they're not that bad, actually. They're cheaper than a lot of like custom American back saws. So um, they don't come with handles for the most part. The handles are. Who pretty, needs a handle? Yeah, they're pretty easily available, though. You can find them online and you can. <sighs> 
So Japanese tools, let me also get this sort of squared away. Like Japanese tools outside of the disposable stuff, there's a weird, in my opinion, I find it kind of to be a little bit of a racket (laughs) because they all come to you about 90% finished, which is a Mm. like strange concept. So let me give an example of like a Japanese plane. So the die, which is the body, the wooden block that the blade sits into, when you buy that plane and you receive it from whoever it is, the blade won't actually penetrate like through the bottom. Like it won't protrude and be able to cut shavings like the minute you take it out of the box. So you get this, you know, body and then you have to dial it in by scraping the bed to then get this blade to fit. You're telling and me you have to plane the plane? Yeah. To an extent, yes. Yeah. And then you have to tune the bottom in such a way. You have to uh, sharpen the blade and make sure that... So there's another... Um, uh, it's a whole... <laughs> I'm going to use some big words here. Uridashi is this whole concept of like... Hold up. Let tapping. me pull up Google. <laughs> it's uh, U-R-A-D-A-S-H-I, if I'm not mistaken. But um, it's this concept of like essentially flattening your bottom and like making sure that all your you know points and everything are matched up so everything you do once you receive this plane from the manufacturer or the you know maker so to speak because it's not widely it's not mass manufacturing they're made by blacksmiths the dyes are made by dyas who are literally specific dudes that make that white oak body of the plane um everything has to get dialed in like and you have to be responsible for it and the benefit of that is that that plane then is intimately tuned in to you and you know exactly right. how it performs and you were in complete control. Is that sort of the idea of that whole process? Like they send it to you so you can finish it up and it's yours kind of a thing? Well, and it's tuned to the way that you like it, right? It's weird and intimidating for beginners because you don't know what you like, right? Like you're mm-hmm. like, oh, like I'm just a guy. Like I, I don't know what I want. But as you get more experienced in it, you know. You you figure out one like, knuckle, what you like two knuckles, yeah. yeah however, four <laughs> whole fist. I mean, you know, it's fine. A um, minivan. Well, speaking of fists, in the front five. So, in the back. are you paying hand over fist on these? Like, what what's the cost? <laughs> it, it depends on. So there's a there's a whole. It can so be crazy. The most recent one you bought, like just to give people a ballpark. So the most recent plane. Actually, with a die. I guess. Oh, I'm thinking. I guess I'm asking about the saw still. Like, okay. So the saws are relatively affordable. I don't think I've paid over two hundred dollars ever for a Japanese saw, even with a handle. Okay. Um, it's reasonable. I know that. So, and everybody's gonna crack up at this one. I have a Japanese tool dealer that I go through, like an individual that because I don't want to worry about it. Is really what it is. Do you meet him behind a Walmart and then he opens up his coat and there's like a bunch of saws in his coat? (laughs) So, kind of, in a weird way. Not my best work, sorry. No, but like... But but instead of a coat, it's a website. And it's like a legit company. He gives you an iPad. Well, first (laughs) off, there's nothing legit. And his name is Guillermo. Um, Actually, I'll shout him out uh, his Instagram. Traditional Japanese name, yep. Yeah, super. (laughs) Does he also work for Jimmy Kimmel? Just by chance. So, his Instagram (laughs) handle is at your nokogiri, which is spelled Y-O-U-R... And Nokogiri is N-O-K-O-G-I-R-I. And I've never quite gotten to the bottom of like how he got so dialed into Japanese tools, but he 
essentially what he does is he networks with um, vendors in Japan and he, I think, speaks Japanese not extremely well, but at least to a level that he can interact with these folks. Enough based, to sell sauce. Yeah, he's based out of San Diego. <laughs> and so, you know, he picks sort of what he feels is going to be <laughs> saleable and then imports it in and then obviously flips it, right? So nice. most of his business is done on Facebook. And that's actually kind of where I encountered him. And let that's me like- tell you. Like he is. That's that's like yeah. such a wild story. Like that this guy's do. Like you said, you don't know how I got into the. Like, I bet the story is probably mundane, but in my head, it just sounds so badass. Like this dude, this is some dude who named Guillermo selling. I had to have a password. I knocked Japanese the door tours. Times. Uh, Japanese tours. <laughs> what? Yeah. Nikugu. Wild sound. The, <laughs> <laughs> the most crazy thing about him is like how much knowledge. Because I mean, from what I understand, at least from talking to him, like I don't think he does a ton of woodworking really like it doesn't right. seem like he does it's more about the tool industry for him he loves the tools and not only does he love the tools yeah. but he knows all about like the sharpening the maintenance and then he knows the history so he knows the blacksmith no application. yeah that's like, wild he knows all the oh, blacksmiths so he's like <clears throat> i know who trained these blacksmiths so sometimes he'll come across tools and people are like yeah like that's the guy that trained this guy so you definitely right, right. want his steel because it is this quality but, like you know i guess we yeah. we we see this in the U.S. Like, there's people that collect hand planes and vintage woodworking tools that are not woodworkers. They really? just enjoy, I mean, like, oh, yeah, oh, I've run into them. I've I've bought tools from people like that where they're like, you know, I just I love the history and like where it came from and whatever. And like, you don't woodwork, you psychopath. <laughs> it's funny you bring that up because so when I was with Bart in Chicago, part of the reason I went up there to begin with was Bart's because- son. Um, yeah, Bart Komar. Um, so he is a member of the Midwest Tool Collectors Association. And it's like this little nonprofit that's like primarily populated by like 70 to 90 year olds. And <laughs> these guys like meet up. And, and they Bart. These... And Bart. So and Bart, Bart and uh, what's his face? Oh, God. The the bald guy. Um, Woodby Wright. Um, James Wright. James Wright. Uh, right. Yeah. James Wright shows up at these tool meets too. So anyway, like Bart was like, hey, like there's a tool meet in Indiana. Like, do you want to go to it? And I was like, yeah, like let's go check it out. So we went to like some hotel that's in the middle of a state park in Indiana. And like it wasn't the biggest of their tool meets. But I mean, these people like have an insane amount of, you know, vintage hand planes, just random tools too. Like stuff like, I don't know, just rulers and all sorts of crap. And I would say maybe half of them actually still woodworked. Hmm. Sounds like more like a, tools than the wood. I mean, yeah. whatever. That's cool. It sounds whatever more like a happy, secret society, like Illuminati right. type of situation. I mean, I, I get it. My my dealer also doesn't do the drugs. So like, <laughs> you never get high on your own supply. <laughs> you never get yeah. your own supply. First hand plans free. Yeah, I was actually <laughs> chit chatting with this guy Guillermo the other day, and he was like, "Hey, man," he's like, "I." So he has he sells tools primarily, but then he has like all these like other random Japanese items. So he was like, and like I said, he's a hustler. So he's like, Hey man, like I got all these, like, are you in a tea? I got all these like Japanese, like green tea, like, uh, cups and like, Oh, do you like sake? Because I've got these sake clay cups. And I'm like, bro, like, no, like I'm here for the one drug that I need. Like, I don't need your other things. Like get on this side, I got Ryobas on this side. <laughs> I got sake. Yeah. All right. He had, he had shoes, just dress shoes. <laughs> He was like, hey, man, what size shoe are you? I'm like, I don't need dress shoes from you, bro. Like, I, we're not going on that road. 
What Man, a hustler. He's, he's yeah. like hustling hard. I like this oh guy. my God. But I will tell you, so as far as like the knowledge that he has, and at least with me, I don't know what his relationships are like with other folks, but like he has never steered me wrong as far as like the advice he's given me on like how to make these tools operate at their highest level. So, um, and funny enough, if you do ever decide to interact with him, he will randomly out of absolutely nowhere. Like, you know, those memes where it's like, you know, no one, nobody, and then just like a blurt of like some yeah. random facts. Like that is this dude about like tools. You'll you wouldn't have talked to him in <laughs> three days, and all of a sudden he's going to send you a paragraph about how to you know flatten your stones properly. Like just out of nowhere, and I've found it to be very valuable, at least for me and like what I'm getting yeah. into. So yeah, but you're weird. Yeah. Like most people aren't. So <sighs> I know, but you know it's out there. So yeah. <laughs> but I I guess you got to respect that hustle though. Like this guy just goes on and like goes, all right, all these customers like copy, paste, send, copy, paste, send, paste, send. And like he just hits up all of his clients and like, hey, here's some stuff. Now um, in like a week, like, hey, I got some stones. You want flattening stones? <laughs> that's and no, that's like exactly how it is. Actually, this is a fun story. Do you guys all know uh, Justin Dietrich, who I did the uh, yeah. timber frame class with Justin's at uh, yeah. WorkbenchCon? So Justin, I turned him on to... Uh, Guillermo, uh, as I've turned a few of my folks on to. Turn us on to. Yeah. So Justin, (laughs) you know, obviously is a teacher at a school and he had some money to burn essentially from the school. The school was like, hey, like we have this budget. Like, you know, what do you want? Like you tell us what you want and we'll give it to you. Um, Yeah. So like he got a shaper recently, which is, you know, a fun little toy. But, you know, he wanted some really like high end quality Japanese tools. So I was like, dude, like, yeah, like. Hit up Guillermo, like, I'm sure, you know, if you need an invoice or something, like, he'll figure out how to be professional, right? Right. And he'll make an Excel sheet. <laughs> so, He's let me tell you. I know I do that through Facebook. I don't know. That was, <laughs> that was a huge battle because, obviously, like, being a teacher, Justin's like, yeah, like, I have to have, like, my billing department at the school. There has to be a paper trail. Like, yeah, this whole thing. And, like, it was this... I forget exactly what he said. He was like, yeah, he's like, you know, the purchase order's there, but then the check needs to go out. And then, like, based on, like, the time of the month, like, the check doesn't go out for a certain amount of time. And this guy, Guillermo, sometimes he'll even hit me up. And he's like, man, like, yeah, like, do you want this? He's like, I'm trying to make rent this month. <laughs> and so <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, like, if he's waiting on a check for a couple weeks, like, that's not going to be a good time for him. And he was like, dude, like, it was so stressful coming out of the wire. And he's like, yeah, like, eventually, like, everything worked out and it was perfectly fine. It actually even worked out better and faster than he expected. But just the anxiety leading up to that because he's such like a slap chop operation, right? Like he's doing this out of his DMS on Instagram and on Facebook. (laughs) That's wild. That's crazy. (laughs) So yeah, he was a vendor for a school in Minier, Illinois, ultimately. So, so anyways, the saws that you would use for a table saw. Oh yeah. To get back to that. (laughs) (laughs) About two hundred dollars. Yeah, Girth, the, the Ryoba. I mean, like <laughs> I would say, a quality non disposable Japanese saw with a handle would probably be about one hundred and sixty bucks. And yeah, like if that you're does cool, not seem like unreasonable at all. No, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of sweat equity that's going to go into that. So you know, keep that in mind. But outside of that, I just that I'm bad. imagining the person that's like the person that buys a like a Festool Domino. Like they might not would work all the time, but when they do, they want to be serious about it. Same thing. Like these guys might not put a lot of like hours on the saw. I think you could track the hours, right? 
absolutely like yeah. like a tractor yeah 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 so like, like put a lot of hours, hours on it it's like, not gonna be that bad yeah yeah they'll um, put an hour on it in a, a month but like it's gonna be worth it it's gonna be the best hour they've ever had yeah but so then to sort of make to overcomplicate this question a little further um please do yes there's obviously yes. going to be teeth that are set for softwoods teeth that are set for hardwoods so then you get into that and then if you were say wanting to get into timber framing right and you want to resaw a 12 by 12 like that's probably not going to be a good time because most of those blades are probably about 12 inches to 13 inches long anyway so then you get into these like specialty saws and like the one that I don't know if you guys have seen it on the internets, but uh, it's called a Maybiki. And what it is, it's like this giant like whaleback saw and like <laughs> the teeth on it are monsters. They're like, if we're talking TPI, it's like two. <laughs> it's, it's huge. <laughs> the like, whole the, thing. Yeah. The teeth <laughs> on those are just monsters. And that thing is really designed for like large scale construction ripping. It's just like a big panel saw kind of thing. Yes, it's I feel like, like a pan- I've seen that. It's like a two-person saw. Yeah, oh. no, it's a one-person no. saw, and oh. it's like I, oh. it's just a monster. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm no, never mind. This is an audio-only platform. <laughs> Maybe. So, like, do you ever mess around with like American-made saws? Because there's a lot of American Western saws. saws. Western yeah, saws. So Sorry, Western. You're right. Western that was my because they're not all American. They're like from the uk europe and whatnot yeah so that was my gateway drug into this you know speaking of drugs oh. so you know yeah um and so actually, you you started american but then you turned japanese yes you i was turning japanese, japanese i really think so um <laughs> oh god yeah <laughs> that worked perfect i have been sitting here trying to think of how to work that in and damn it you're welcome <laughs> he nailed it he, he crushed it um yeah, so but it's a serious question too. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm huge, curious about this. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Eric Florip, who is based out of Michigan, Florip Toolworks. Um he is I just bought his bench top saw. Yeah. So I have his bench top dovetail few, saw and I've got ago. his panel saw too. And they're all great. Like he actually, I think oof, sorry, a burp. Um <laughs> in burp my opinion, all the time. In my opinion, I think he makes the best, most affordable Western back saw that's out there. Hands down. Like his saws are phenomenally more affordable than say like Lee Nielsen or I mean, literally like Bad Axe, like, you know, those kinds of companies. Like they also make, you know, obviously great products, but he has a little more of I think of an automated process. Like he uses a CNC yeah. for his handles. Um, mm-hmm. he's CNC, uh, sharpening everything too. Like he's got that little, like cool oh, automated saw cool. file. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, he's got a lot of good stuff going on. Uh, Anna trades is like a huge fan of his. She uses a lot of his stuff. I think actually, if I'm not mistaken, I think Eric has a saw from him too, but, um, yeah, like he's, he's great. And actually I don't think he does this for everybody, but like, you know, he and I have been kind of buddy buddy for a couple of years and I sent him back uh, some of my saws just for a tune up as far as like sharpening and he just popped him back on, you know, his saw file and on the machine. Yeah. Yes. On the machine and got oh, them that's done. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah I, so I bought that bench top saw because I, whenever I'm breaking down, I do a lot of live edge and salvage wood stuff. Whenever I'm breaking it down, like some of the stuff's like three and a half, four inches thick stuff and I break it down with a track saw, but the track saw can't get that deep. So I'll, 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 well, it'll be like sometimes an inch and a half left over. It's got like a little the, the, trouble uh, hitting or, the cervix kind of. Yeah. yeah it can. 
<laughs> it can't hit to the all the way in. <laughs> but yeah, I will. I'll, I bought that benchtop saw so I can finish cuts because the Japanese saws they just kind of fold on me when I'm trying to cut like a four foot wide slab or something. Like when I'm if I'm doing a Ryoba a Ryoba a Ryoba, Ryoba saw Ryoba yeah. my Ryoba saw with my, like my Zet saw like it'll I'll be cutting it and I'll get like halfway through and the wood will buckle and it'll just it'll just buckle the the saw will buckle. But Eric's saw uh, I used that last week when I first got it in. It was fantastic. It went right through those slabs. So that's I was the, really happy. I, that's what I bought it for. That's the <laughs> downside to it. sort of flip back to like the disposable Japanese saws as opposed to the non-disposables. Is like the disposables, the um, the gauge of that steel it's is really like thin. crazy, crazy thin. Actually, yeah. and I I've been meaning to do a YouTube video on this. I have not done it yet, but I've taken a couple of those and I've turned them into card scrapers. Like after they're done. Mm, so that's a good idea. yeah you that's can, a really good idea yeah you can so wait like, so it's it's thinner but it's harder steel or it's no no the just, disposables are just super duper thin but the um the non-disposables are just a touch bit thicker and so they are thicker okay they're a little bit thicker but because that quality of that steel is also harder too it's going mm-hmm. to maintain like its shape, like as you're oh, okay. you know, using it. So it's not that's something I actually that. don't like. So like Mike was saying, like I don't like that about the the, the cheap kind of like throwaway ones. Yeah, like you know, and sometimes like when it buckles, like if it buckles and you fold on a real hard push, you're done with that thing. So it, that blade's and, shot, yeah. But that's shot. also interesting enough a technique thing too, and not to you know sort of like don't tell me. I know it, it probably wrong. <laughs> sure is. Yeah, for sure, is. I've been so, telling Pete yes. his technique is wrong for years. Really, where you want to apply the most force when you're using a Japanese pull saw? Shake weight twice a day. Yeah, this might seem sort of self-explanatory, but like the most amount of force is going to be on the pull stroke as opposed to the push. So it's like yeah, that's like fast, hard pull, then like slow push, and like what you're, Mike, what you're probably experiencing is because that slab's so thick when you're trying to push it back in, that's what's causing the buckle. So like that's why I like the put the Western saws. Cause that's where I, for me the naturally that's, I wanted I like that push cut a oh, lot yeah. I really like it a lot I, I really that's why I like Eric that's why I, I feel that more control on a push than I do on a pull I, although I like the push pulls so. I feel like cut more efficiently than a push my brain is gonna explode with all the jokes I have thrown around <laughs> inside my head right now so it also depends them, on huh? like how you're <laughs> I guess like the position of your saw in relation to the wood and your body positioning as well so like. If you look at, say, like a Western saw bench, like the way they're oriented, like you're kind of like over the top of it. So when you're pushing down, like because you're using a Western back saw on a yeah, Western like, saw bench, you're over the you're top like of it. over it. And everything yeah. is sort of like generated to that, right? But like a lot of like the Japanese stuff, like you're working. Your back kind of yes. up and down. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like so you're kind of, yeah. your body's just in a different position. So you everything's a little more efficient. I always find at least with the Japanese saws that I'm less tired after using them, which is, yeah, it's know, less energy for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I'm not like, a a hand, I, I, I really enjoy hand tool work. I, but I really like power tools, but I, I really enjoy and, and find as time goes on, I find myself enjoying hand tools more. And I use my Japanese pull saws all the time, but I, for this, this particular application for me, when I'm breaking down a slab, I am leaning over it. I'm, I'm, I've got a slab below me. I'm leaning over it. It makes more sense yeah. with the push saw. Yeah. But, so I mean, the pull saws get a ton of use in the shop. If that slab, let's say, like hypothetically is like at chest height for you, like you can yeah. sit down even on like a stool and like use a pull saw and it's, 
it's just a different underneath. experience. Okay. Yeah. Like, no, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's something I should try for sure. But but so, see, Mike's a power top, so like he he can't just sit. Down. He can't just be down. Yeah. I yeah, know. yeah. He can't be down. But to get back to the floor up uh, bench top saw, like I have that saw, and I, and so in the pre-show we were you know talking about some difficult joinery that I've done. That joinery, I didn't have a panel saw at that time, and I didn't, I wasn't into Japanese tools so much at that time. So I was doing all this Japanese joinery with Western tools, which is a fun mm-hmm. thing that I was doing for a couple months that I thought was like ironic and hilarious. Um, I saw it on the internet. Let me use my Harbor Freight chisels. <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff. <laughs> but I, so I, the benchtop saw from Eric was what I was using to do rip and cross cuts on. So I did everything actually. That whole door was all with the benchtop saw, and wow, it was geez. it was a monster. And I remember even Eric like messaged me. He was like, "Dude, like, I can't believe you're getting like that kind of reps and like that kind of efficiency out of it." Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's why are you doing this? Why yeah, are you doing this to yourself. Why do you hate yourself? <laughs> but um, yeah, he's a phenomenal saw maker. So I mean, he is an incredibly awesome dude. Uh, his I want to say his dovetail saw, like his entry level dovetail saw, is only like, and he, ah, God, he might have raised the prices, but I want to say it's only like eighty bucks or something. Like it's not I... terribly expensive. And what was his name site. again? Could you say that again? Eric Florip. F L O R I P. It looks like Flow Rip. Yeah. Flow Ripa. Like like not Flow Rida, Flow Ripa. Gotcha. Flow yeah. Ripa. His his saws are extre- it's I think it is because of the automated process, like you said, but his saws are extremely reasonably priced. I have I have his dovetail saw and I have Bearcat dovetail saw. I do prefer Eric's dovetail saw for sure. Um <laughs> not that I do a ton of dovetail cuts, but uh, I do prefer Eric's saw. It, it they're really good tools. He makes really good tools and he's I go- I was googling him. I googled Florip or Florip tools, and he sells through Walmart. I was like, really, really? They're oh, through like their I just marketplace I just googled it right now, and it came thing? up at, as it's probably a Walmart resale. So You're right. Mar- I didn't think uh, about that. Walmart yeah, yeah, does yeah, have yeah, like yeah. a marketplace place where like for new items or whatever. So like, but yeah, if I go still, to Florip Toolworks dovetails. Still, he's on Walmart. Walmart. Com. It's kind of cool. So I know that he sells through. <laughs> he's on Heart. Heart. Yeah, he's on Heartwood yeah, he, Tools as well. Yeah. And he, I mean, he sells yeah. through his own website. So what's well, interesting with him is that if you get his stock saws, you're going to have a great time because like they're going to come to you very quickly. If you try to order something a little more custom, like a little more niche, like it's going to take a while. Hold like, the ketchup I mean, extra yeah. mayo on your saw. Yeah, I just got Special my order. my bench my bench saw was uh I just went with walnut just because I thought it'd be quick and easy. I think I think I ordered that like four weeks ago, <laughs> or yeah. maybe even longer, five weeks ago. I mean, he's he's out pretty far. Yeah, a, I feel like a walnut yeah. would be a very standard handle. So, so Chris, mine, is there any chance that you'll be getting into tools at some point? Now that you're like really learning about what makes a good tool. Like as, as in making tools, as in yeah, making or having them made, because like there's nothing wrong with having them made as long as they're made to your standard. So like, I mean, Jonathan Katz Moses does this with with a lot of his stuff. Like, oh, you're talking like a, for the resale, like market basically like kind of? use your gonna, brand. Yeah, use is your brand. Is there going to be a uh, Girth Bros saws? Like what's, <laughs> what's going? On? You know, it's funny that you kind of say that because I mean, I, I've kicked around the idea a little bit in my head i just don't know quite where the application would be you know like uh, i don't know like i i like at least 
when it comes to Japanese tools specifically, I mean, you know, let me try to narrow in there. Like what I really like about it is sort of the craftsmanship and the history behind the steel and that whole process. So as I said before, like these are generational blacksmiths that are making these tools. Like, Mm -hmm. so for me to try to like step in and kind of, I guess not quite like step on those toes, but to like introduce something new into that field might be a little tricky slash odd. Um, But with that being said, I do think that there is some sort of value in say like an entry level um, Japanese block plane or something like that, that people could, you know, get into because I mean, listen, tuning these things and learning all the nuts and bolts about them, like it's tough. And I actually, uh, I have a YouTube video on the first time I made my first Japanese plane body. So you can buy a Japanese plane body, but I decided to try to make it because I came across a um, plane blade that was given to me and it was so hard and it did not work. <laughs> and there was also issues with the steel ultimately, which that was a whole nother issue. Like, you know, between me and the blacksmith, I mean, nothing bad. I just, you know, we, he was like, dude, I cooled it too fast and it caused like these hairline cracks on the steel. So anyhow, long story short, this stuff's hard, you know? So the barrier to entry is a little aggressive. So I think there is some value in having something that is not terribly expensive where say like the blade or the steel is not, I guess, super craftsman, but at least it employs like the same kind of, I guess, principles. Because another thing to note is that Japanese steel is laminated. So you have Mm. hard steel that forms your edge, and then the top layer is soft steel. And there's uh, multiple reasons behind this as far as like shock absorption, uh, trying to be able to um, keep your hard steel from cracking. But also, you can alter your hard steel edge by tapping on your soft steel. So if you have a corner of your blade that's like kind of like sitting up, you can tap on it with a hammer and cause it to push down. And then you have that hollow mm. on the back, so you are not flattening your entire back. You're only flattening like a certain section of steel. So it's a little more efficient in the sharpening process. Damn. Yeah. So much that goes into it. Yeah, there's a lot. So to sort of cut to the chase... An entry-level product that sort of allows a user to sort of work on all these skills at a low cost. It's important. Yeah. It's needed. With a low, like, you know, barrier, like, where you're not worried about screwing it up, right? That's the biggest thing. You buy a $400 plane blade, and the first thing that the blacksmith expects you to do is take a very hard hammer and hit it. (laughs) So... That's a weird concept. Like you don't buy a Lee Nielsen and then take a hammer and start whacking at your blade with the risk of cracking it. Right. So that's, that's where that sort of lies. You know, like I have a least now and it's not, I'm not an expert, you know, I'm not like what they call like a shokunim, which is like a master, you know, like I'm somebody who's just kind of studied this for the past few years, but anyhow, like I'm not somebody that is, I guess, a beginner, but I'm also not an expert, right? So, you know, for me, I've developed some level of confidence in this, but somebody else Mm -hmm. who's just trying to break into this is probably intimidated as hell when they see this idea of like- I'm intimidated just listening. (laughs) Like, I got to take a hammer and smack my $400 plane blade with it to be able to at least get it to perform at the level that, you know, something else is going to work at. Is it to like set it or like what, like what's the- no, so when it. you're trying to get a flat back, so to speak. So like um, 
and again, audio only platform, but essentially the edge of your uh, plane blade is going to be like really the only thing that's getting sharpened. Like when you're like, as we're talking about the back, not the bevel. So mm-hmm. if a corner seems to not be getting sharpened because it's lifted from the forging process, then you have to find a way to get that down. So then you take, like I said, a you know hammer and you tap on your soft steel and that is going to push your hard steel downward. Does that seem to make yes. some sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So then as you do that, as you start sharpening it, you'll start to see that corner slowly or even sometimes... Because the soft steel is on the inside part furthest away from the blade of the piece of metal. The hard steel is on the blade itself. On the edge and then like through the bottom, basically. Yeah. On the top side that has the blade on it is hard Uh, steel usually. No. Or the bottom, depending on how you look at it, right? Yeah, that gets a little confusing. Basically, the way that I always try to describe it is like... the the layer that forms your edge is going to be the hard steel hard steel and then everything above that is going to be your soft steel so mm-hmm. yeah and then the hard steel is i mean there's I never a, thought to like hit it with anything so i have a couple blades that that have you can see the defining line of like soft and hard steel in there yeah so typically japanese tools are really the only ones that do that lamination I would be very cautious with Western plates. <laughs> like, don't go if you got a Lee Nielsen, you know, block plane or something. Don't go smacking it with a hammer. That's probably not the smartest. All decision. right, <laughs> writing that down <laughs> on my notes. <laughs> so we're super deep into this episode. We're oh my an hour god! And a half. So <laughs> oh, wow, I had another question by. for you, but I think we're not going to get into that because this is a uh, this went quick and it's what's up, Dan? Oh, I just hit my ankle on my chair. It's Painful. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Laminated bone. Yeah. Limp- uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I was going to go into a question about your your day job and how that affects your woodworking. He's a lawyer. Does, big but, deal. I mean, do you want yeah, me to just sort of hit it on a like a bullet points kind of thing? Give me the elevator. Yeah. Pitch. I mean, you're, you know, you're 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 plugged deep into the woodworking community, but your day job is you're an attorney. What? How does that affect what you do and how you uh, approach this? So, I mean. <laughs> And I'm trying to be as quick. Can you please stop trying to sue me? (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I'm an attorney that works for the state. And, you know, if everybody wants like a feel good story, like, you know, I work with like a very, I guess, um, how do I call it? Marginalized population. So essentially, like I advocate for kids that are in the foster care system, you know, so I've been a prosecutor in that for love that like pushing 10 years. It's going to be 10 years next year. Um, And I'm a division supervisor, so I have a you know number of attorneys under me. I manage them. I have my own caseload. You know, I've that's that's the job. Um, how, that's what I wanted you to talk about. I wanted you to explain what you do, and because it's that's important, so cool. it reflects on you as a person, and it, it's going to affect how you approach everything else. I'm assuming because that's a big that's a that's important what you do. Yeah, and you know, like as far as how it affects my woodworking, I mean, there's a couple of different aspects to it. So, I mean, the number one thing is really for me, and not just related to say, you know, I guess tangential effects from my day job, but woodworking for me is kind of therapeutic. Like, and it's always has been. Like, sort of. I don't know if I've ever actually come out on a podcast and said this, but the moment that I decided to get more serious about like putting myself out there on the internet as far as woodworking is concerned was like after my dad had passed away. So, you know, I used like this, like the woodworking community getting into all of this 
as my own like personal like coping mechanism, right? Yeah. And I saw that value and you know that was something that was like really strong for me. Um anyhow, how I guess woodworking and like my day job sort of like intertwine, like it's ah God, like <laughs> I guess like I I try to cram it in like where I can, which is hail also, you know that kind of thing. But um, yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get yeah, you. like <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I guess what it does is it provides me the freedom to be able to play around with the things I like to, you know, which is also yeah. another hail joke. But um, <laughs> the idea is that like woodworking for me is not like I, I'm not relying on it to eat ultimately, you know? Right. So when I talk about like using hand tools and all the value behind all this kind of stuff, like really what I'm looking at is the craft and the tradition. And I'm a hobbyist ultimately, like that's, you know, my deal. Um, so if you're in production, like, you know, don't look at somebody like me and be like, oh my gosh, like that's what I need to be doing. Like, no, like that's a terrible idea. Do not do that. Like you're not going to get anything done. Like it's going to be awful. But like if you are somebody that is interested in the craft and you were interested in challenging yourself and like learning new cultures you know this is you know what i do is for you you know so i mean i guess i don't know if that really answers the question so to speak but you know it does because it's so everyone does everyone approaches everything differently i mean everyone does it just paints a picture like it doesn't necessarily need to answer the question that i asked but it paints a picture of who chris is so you're you're an attorney by day you advocate for a group that needs advocation big time you have a very mm -hmm. serious job you have a very serious job that you deal with some very serious stuff and it's heavy and uh <clears throat> i find that when people are kind of they take things very seriously in what they do they they the things they do for their hobbies they take very seriously too so i i feel like uh, it, it's your it's your hobby and it's but it's also who you are i mean you, you take it very seriously you did you don't half-ass it, it. Yeah, you don't have to ask well, he, it. You dive deep, hard into it. You mentioned using this as a, a, hey a coping mechanism, or yeah. you use it to cope with your your professional life. life. And uh, yeah. I think a lot of people can, uh, you know, relate, relate, relate to, that. to that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's huge. A lot of people are into this, into this hobby, into this profession, into this trade because you know they use it to cope with the the other things that hold them down or, or occupy their time. So I think that's huge. Yeah. Sure. Like I've always definitely been one of those people that, I mean, this is just my personality, right? Like I'm, I'm a hyper fixator. Like I remember there was, I think it was a TikTok or something about like, you know, sort of I'm buying all the things for my hobby. And then like, all of a sudden, like, oh, now I have a new hobby, and now I have to buy all these yeah. things for that. You know, oh, like, yeah, yeah. I think I, I saw yeah. that same one. <laughs> and that, I mean, honestly, like, spoke to me. I mean, granted, like, my hobby fixations last for, like, 10, 15 years, you know, like, that sort of thing. Like, right. growing up, like, I was a surfer. You know, like, that was, like, my thing. Like, I actually, interestingly enough, how I sort of got into woodworking was from starting a, or not into woodworking, so to speak, but into using tools was I started a surfboard repair business out of my parents' garage, like at, in high school. So I knew how to use sanders. I was using epoxy and polyester resins before it was cool to like pour it in between two pieces of wood. <laughs> and like I had at least a familiarity with like tools and things like that. But, you know, like for God, like, I mean, I want to say like 10 or 15 years, all I did was like eat, breathe and sleep surfing. You know, like I competed all that. And then like 
when I came back after I graduated law school from California, you know, like golf became like a thing where like I was like balls deep in golf for, you know, a couple yeah. of years, you know, like it's just it's one of those things. But with wood, do you see that like, happening with wood being balls you know, deep in, in wood? I mean, I'm definitely super balls deep in wood right now, right. but, um, you know, go on, go on. I guess like, I'm almost there. Keep going. <laughs> no, I mean, is this, <laughs> is this something that will eventually disappear from my life? I highly doubt it just because I feel like the accessibility to it is kind of the thing. Like it's always there, right? Like it's, it's always in my garage. Like anytime it, I that's want. That's the other right? thing. It's in your garage. You're not driving. Yeah. It's not a hobby you have to like travel for. Exactly. You know, so it's always there. Like if I need that escape, like I can just walk over there. Like if I, and even the mundane things like sharpening a chisel for half an hour, like I can do that in between court hearings if I'm doing them by zoom, you know, like, so yeah, right. like it's, it's right there. So that's one of the, the cool benefits of this. And I mean, you know, I, I think about <clears throat> Rob Cosman. So Rob Cosman has his Purple Heart project and, you know, he's working with like, you know, formerly wounded vets, like that sort of thing. And there's this whole deal about how uh, hand tool woodworking um, benefits people with PTSD, you know, um, and even talking with cats, you know, about like the whole idea of like the Cats Moses, like Woodworkers with Disabilities Foundation, you know, this idea that like building something and having the satisfaction of creating like there's so much to that from that perspective, right? Like there's so much satisfaction. There's so much benefit to that. And the idea is like, I just want to spread that, you know, like I just want to give that to other people. And I want to inspire other people to, you know, sort of chase that a little bit. So yeah. Like, you know, when you're talking awesome. about like why I do this, like that's absolutely why. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome, man. Well, let's wrap this episode up. It's a long one. So yeah, thanks to no, Chris for coming on the show. One. Great info from Chris. Yeah, really great one. Yeah, go check out Chris good. on youtube.com forward slash cowdogcraftworks. Is that correct? That is. Okay, go to instagram.com, same handle. Go to tiktok.com flat slash uh, girthbro. Grinder, <laughs> same one. Uh, no, <laughs> no, go check out Chris on all the platforms if you don't. You're missing out. He's a great dude. And uh, if you want to learn more about Japanese tools or more handwork stuff or hand tool work, not hand stuff, more hand tool work. <laughs> I got uh, some hand. <laughs> go check. I got some hand work for you after the show's over. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> no, yeah. Go check. Go check out Chris. Go give him some love. Go, go. Uh, or go, find Guillermo. He's out there somewhere. Yeah, go. F- <laughs> yeah, if go you guys you need guy. like tool hookups or whatever, feel free to DM me and like listen just to the audience as well. Like. I always try to be extremely accessible via DMs. So, you know, if you have questions about anything, like I'm here, that's my deal. So, yeah, hit me up. Do it. Cool. Uh, we will be back next week. Uh, we will not have a guest next week. So, we will get through a bunch of questions. Uh, next week's a very big episode. Uh, we have, it's, it's my birthday next week. So, oh, we're like, going to be doing a big part in show. It's my birthday. No, we have, no, we're not. We're not going to have any guests next week. It's just going to be uh, the three of us. Uh, then the week after that, we have guests again. Uh, but check us out. Uh, this episode, if you're a patron, will be live tomorrow. Which I don't know. Why I'm telling you that because you're listening to it now. Uh, but it will go live Sunday. Chris will tag you and all that when it's all live and stuff, so uh, you can share if you're able to. Um, anyway, big thanks to everyone who listens and supports the show. We really appreciate you guys very much. Uh, share this episode. Get out there. Follow Chris. Give him some love. And thanks for everything, guys. Have a good. Well, if it's if it's your birthday next week, what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say this right now. I'm gonna have drinks and I'll have a review. Next week. <laughs> of course you are. You're Dan, done, Lab. Dan, really? <laughs> I'm having drinks in honor of him right now. For, dude, yeah. that's the first one since yeah, you put photography. Yeah, but I'm going to have more next week. 
outstanding. Oh, since you quit photography, it's the first one. That's that's big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, thanks for listening. Bye-bye now. Okay, thanks. Bye. Thanks. Bye. 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 Bye.